the first thing that we should be doing really is measuring the culture that we have in place right now, right? So you can't change something that you don't understand and that you don't identify. Welcome to Race in the Workplace, a limited series brought to you by the Voices of Energy podcast. This series highlights the best conversations from our engagements with Black energy professionals and leaders on topics around racism in this country and more specifically energy organizations. We have compiled and categorized their insights to serve as a guide for you to implement change in your workplace. I'm Katie Maynard founder and CEO of Ally Energy. I'll now pass it off to fellow Ally staff member, Amy Deaton, who is the MC for this series. Today's episode is titled, Let's Talk, More Walk. Organizations are being challenged not only to speak up about racism, but to uproot the systems which perpetuate it. This means that it's not enough to just have a DNI program or a diversity leader in place. The question today is, how can companies implement more effective DNI initiatives that tackle racial injustice and promote an inclusive workplace that is authentic and sustainable? Rodney Williams, the lead project manager for National Grid and a proven leader in diversity and inclusion, offers his advice on the first steps to take for any company seeking to boost DNI outcomes. I think the first step is, is recognizing where you are. You need to benchmark or set a baseline as to where you are Uh, and part of that is getting data if you don't have data you can't measure change yeah so it's really important that you have the data understand the makeup of your organization so we're quite lucky where we work because we actively collect data we've got data on diversity we know what the makeup is of the company we understand how many ethnic minority people we have working for the organization as well as gender and we can track this at different stages of the employee life cycle So we know how many people are coming through the pipeline. We know who's getting promoted and who's being developed. And we also know how many people are leaving the the organization. So once you have that data and you understand the makeup, the diverse makeup of your organization, go go a bit deeper, you know, ask questions, survey people. We we have an annual employee engagement survey, and that's used to find out how engaged employees are, if they're happy or not, and getting some of that qualitative data as well as quantitative data to really understand the the diverse makeup of your organization and how inclusive your organization is so i think yeah firstly get that benchmark sorted and then take actions when you understand the makeup of your organization you'll see what challenges you have work with really passionate individuals to in the organization to, to be part of the solution so don't just parachute in a consultant use some of the existing resources that you may have like I said, you've got employee resource groups, for example, you can or affinity networks. They can be part of a solution. Yeah, and that's a good start. I think to take it to the next level, I think this is where you need to engage everybody and try and fuse this into your organization's DNA. I've seen some companies do this pretty well where they have targets and managers, middle managers particularly, are given targets in their day-to-day operations that are focused on diversity and inclusion. I think once you start doing that, people understand that actually, yeah, part of my day job is to think about diversity and inclusion. 
and I can actually be part of the solution. Similar advice comes from Paula Glover, president and CEO of the American Association of Blacks in Energy. I would say that the first thing that we should be doing really is measuring the culture that we have in place right now, right? So you can't change something that you don't understand and that you don't identify. And so I think, you know, as mid-level managers, you may not be able to measure the culture of your organization, but you all have a sense of what our culture of our companies are. I always had a sense of the culture of the companies that I worked for, and no one had to ask me that. But every organization has a personality. People are very clear on how individuals move into leadership. People are, you know, employees kind of know what areas of the company, what business units may prevent more opportunities than others. And so, you know, as mid-level managers, if you're really interested in making sure that your team is diverse and inclusive, part of it is understanding why it isn't right now, right? So is this about a hiring practice? Is this about people not wanting to work in this particular area because there's a dynamic going on? Do you have someone that people may feel isn't a good team member because of the way they communicate with you. There are all kinds of things that we can control, even in the the areas that we are leading and supervising. That doesn't necessarily make a culture shift though, right? A culture shift really has to happen from the leadership of an organization that's gonna say, I wanna understand what's going on in my company. And I would suggest that starts with doing a whole heck of a lot of listening to a lot of people that you probably have never heard from before and allowing them to tell you the truth and how they experience your organization. And as a leader, you have to be prepared to hear that in as non-defensive a way as you possibly can, right? It's just listening. It's not blaming or pointing fingers or even problem solving. It's just listening and learning about what is happening in this organization that I'm running. And then after hearing that, saying to yourself, okay, is this really reflective of what I want? And if it's not, then how do I adjust to make it different and to change it to the organization that I want to have? As both Rodney and Paula emphasize, going from understanding your organization's culture to changing it takes serious goal setting and hard metrics. We talked with Gordy Bannister Jr., who reveals a common mistake that DNI programs make when setting metrics. Gordy is the former CEO and president of Era Energy and member of the Dow Board of Directors. Now, when it comes to the situation about Black Lives Mattering in business, Black Lives Mattering in energy, it's important for companies to start focusing on what does the black pipeline look like and stop coming to the board, stop coming to the top of the company with a summary of non-whites all lumped together or minorities all lumped together or people of color all lumped together. You'll never make, I, I don't believe you'll ever make, so I go back to no metrics, no movement. If you don't have metrics and you don't understand what their trajectory is of the black people in your organization, you will never get movement for the black people in your organization. Why? Because we systemically have a discount applied to black people in virtually everything in American society today. I believe that. There are people who I've argued with about that, but that's what I believe. So it's important to have a clear distinction. And I think in the future, people need to go back to looking at black, separate, Hispanic, separate, Asian. You look at those groups separately and ask yourself what progress you're making for each of them, as opposed to lumping people together. 
Ultimately, there are several steps that companies can take to improve inclusivity in the workplace. But the truth is, they won't be effective unless they stem from a sincere and committed effort by managers. Some final words on this come from Talisa Tolliver, the GM of Chevron Pipeline and Power, as well as a co-author of The Energy Within Us. The issue is, how do we create this platform of systemic change in terms of the representation of African-Americans in this incredible and wide industry? How do we do that? You're not going to be able to do it overnight. You cannot take something that's been going on for hundreds of years and think you're going to change it in a year. But if it's not something that's going to really improve the bottom line, if it's not something that's really going to improve our data, our statistics, what are we doing? And Paul has heard me say this a lot, that if you look at what the, the dollars that has been spent on diversity and inclusion, all the things that people have said that they've done, the ROI on it is pretty low. And there's nowhere else in our business where we're accepting these kinds of results for this kind of an initiative, right? We need to see results. And that's where deliberate intent comes in. That's where having a programmatic approach to what you're trying to do, having a vision, and then following through on that. After listening into Less Talk, More Walk, we encourage you to take some time to reflect on the following three questions and initiate a conversation with your coworkers or team leaders. First, how can your company begin to integrate diversity, inclusion, and equity goals into day-to-day operations? Second, evaluate your company policies. Are there any practices that could be discriminatory? And how could these practices be amended? And last, what are some different data methods you could use to help better understand your organization's current culture? If you need help, reach out to us at Ally. Thanks for listening to this episode of Less Talk, More Walk in our Race in the Workplace series. Stay tuned for more and look out for new episodes. I'm Katie Maynard with the Voices of Energy. See you next time.